follow us on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. You will have to enter that in because the fact that we are adult content means that we have agreed to make ourselves unsearchable on their website. My name is Elle and I'm a sex educator. My name is Jen and I'm a private investigator. We want to learn more about ourselves. I'm like the boring vanilla one over here that's like, I don't do anything, but I'm, cu- I'm curious. And the fact that we're both sex workers means that we have insight into things taboo. Trigger warning, if you're easily upset by this stuff, maybe take a break. I have a feeling this is going to be weird. Sex and politics make for some very strange bedfellows. Has anyone ever told you what size penis you would have in your life if they thought you were a man? Let's hope. No. That used to happen to me when I was younger, and so things are interesting now. But everyone always was like, if you were ever a man, Adam, you'd have such a tiny penis. (gasps) And I was like, oh. What the fuck? Isn't that fucking weird and terrible in so many ways? But Were they projecting? Maybe, but like when I never considered transitioning at that point in my life and always felt like really rooted in my kind of like female identity honestly because I didn't realize that I could have choices and I just thought I was stuck that was said to me so many times and now I transition and I think about it years later and I'm like oh god there's so many layers there Mm -hmm. right I never got upset by it I always was just like wow well that's a really pretty fucked up thing to say to someone yeah I felt like it was a commentary on them so let's start with that no this is great we're gonna leave all of that in So, Adam, you are a woodworker. You're an East Coast transplant. You're a transmasculine person living in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Adam, you're a friend of mine. And when we met, you were a dyke lesbian? So they would say, or so I would be identified as, yes. Yeah. And I guess that was uh, the identity I felt like most comfortable in at that juncture in time. Mm -hmm. So what changed? Yeah, we're going to talk about... Hi, everyone. We're going to talk about... <laughs> so, so many, many questions. Gender. Let's talk about some gender fluidity, transgender experience. Let's talk about some roles. Um, Adam and I have some really great conversations over tea and dinner sometimes where we talk about, you know, sex and dating. And it's so fucking interesting how many things I learned from you, Adam, because you've lived as a woman and now you're living as a man. You pass as a man. You've been passing as a man for a while. And the shit I learned from you about how people treat you based on the fact that you're a man is mind-blowing so let's talk about it thanks i remember when you came out yeah okay so i will say that my uh discomfort in my like gender identity started from like a super young age which i think that a lot of trans people can probably identify with we all experience it differently but um as far as my experience when i was a little kid I literally thought that I was Mowgli from the Jungle Book and like just thought I was like a wild boy who could be naked and Mm. like run around with animals and that was going to be my life. And I guess I've just always been questioning like where I fit in on the binary since then. And Mm. so going back to like when I actually finally made a choice to come out, it was kind of like after I had gone through a few dating experiences, after I had kind of... uh, like assimilated into uh, the lesbian culture in Portland, away from 3,000 miles away from the East Coast where I moved for college and finally got like my first dose of gay culture for a few years. I was in that. Where and then, on the East Coast are you from? New Jersey, okay. like 30 minutes outside New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a melting pot of diversity, but still sort of conservative, small well, commuter town. That 30 miles from. in 30 years outside it. <laughs> Well, I was like the queerest, weirdest thing they ever saw in my hometown, Mm -hmm. you know, and I stood out really well for that. But I moved to Portland when I was 17 and I turned 18 out here. Mm -hmm. And then I started transitioning when I was 25. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. It's a long it's kind of a long conversation, but like a lot of things changed in my mind uh, about just gender presentation. I got educated by a lot of like really amazing, prominent people who were 
sharing their own experiences yeah and really fucking brave and mm-hmm. like i was able to kind of i think visibility is something that i said this to you l before and i'll repeat it like visibility is life-saving and life-changing and when you see someone when you feel a certain way about yourself and then you see someone who's actually doing that exemplifying it when you've trying tried to hide it in the shadows for yourself mm things can change and I think I just started to immerse myself a little bit deeper in queer culture and started to realize oh my god my whole life I have felt outside of the binary I've always felt how I describe myself now that I finally have words for it and feel comfortable (laughs) after years and years and this has changed throughout that time but now how I feel is I feel part male part female somewhere on the spectrum And it's a beautiful, amazing thing that sometimes changes on a daily basis, presentation-wise or feeling-wise. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like a little (laughs) tearing up a little bit. That's like really nice. And I want to give a general Uh, disclaimer uh. here. Um, I, when we have any guest on who's speaking to their experience, it is their experience. But there are lots of parallels that can be drawn. So, of course, Adam, everything that you're going through is not like the trans male experience because no. again you're like i'm not necessarily even a trans male no. or a male man i, th- I think whatever. the misconception with trans people and i think with every subculture in society is that people try to other us put us in a box in order to understand us in order to it's like how the human brain works how we're able to kind of compartmentalize things so we can break them down and get what they are conceptually but i think that when it comes to trans people we're like special unicorns and even though you can maybe line up 10 trans people next to each other who kind of even maybe look the same might be the same race might be from even the same all from portland we all have such a myriad of like experiences that we've gone through and mm-hmm. everybody identifies differently mm-hmm. just because i'm a trans masculine person doesn't mean i necessarily use certain pronouns or use my body sexually in certain ways or mm-hmm. what pronouns do you prefer are different um <clears throat> this has wavered a little bit for me over the years also but i am pretty comfortable with he and him as my primary pronouns okay they them is also interchangeable and fine to me and over the years i've gotten a little bit better with saying that my preference if I were to be honest and the world were to just Mm -hmm. start over tomorrow I would prefer to just be they them and not have to choose between the binary okay would you prefer that I address you that way no he him is fine the way I explain it to people is just like I feel like we're all on a spectrum I feel like gender is bullshit and I feel like it's a projection from marketing and from a whole bunch of different uh, perspectives that are not within the trans diaspora. And so I just feel like I wish that I could choose what made me feel more comfortable, but I also deserve peace. And it's my own personal choice that I would prefer to live within this comfort zone Mm -hmm. of of something a little more familiar. Mm -hmm. But I I think my real heroes are people who choose they, them and go with that all day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that really fucking upsets people the most, like Mm -hmm. the right. And I think they can kind of wrap their head around like, well, you want to be a man or you want to be a woman and you're not like you're trying to be this thing that they've that they already know how to define. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed like on YouTube and on message board, there's this person that works at a coffee shop near my house who is like this very beautiful, willowy trans person who I'm pretty sure is not trying to be anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like one of those like spectrum people who who's are. just being like whatever. And like, I think oh, that's that, what you like. Yeah, and I'm like, like that yeah, is yeah. so fucking cool. Like, why choose? Yeah. But it really, really fucking upsets the YouTube haters. Like, they can't, like, they're like, what the fuck are you trying to be? What the fuck are you even trying to be? Like, you're fa- you're not, you're failing at being a woman. But I'm like, I don't think they're trying to be a woman. Like, I think, <laughs> I or, think- or whatever. They're just being whatever and they can't, fucking handle it it's it's i don't know i think that a lot of people even trans just because you're trans doesn't mean you're an expert on how to like talk about transness or Mm -hmm. that you're even self-aware enough to recognize your place in the world and all of these fucked up systems that have oppressed us good point and so how i feel is i think all trans people are just trying to be ourselves i think that there is a large faction of trans people under the support of their families who are cisgender, under their communities who are cisgender, trying to understand what transness is through their eyes, kind of sometimes becomes the narrative that trans people accept for themselves. And I, I don't think that it's 
real or true. I think that whatever works for you is fine. And if the narrative of I was born in the wrong body and I'm stuck and basically all these kind of like victimization aspects of how transness you know um, like an attitude to have yeah like how how we are almost like victims to a circumstance basically that we are out of control of and we're not happy with is kind of what the trans experience is described as but how I feel yeah. is the more trans people I speak to the more trans people I get to know who are like owning themselves loving themselves like I'll just put it that way loving themselves mm-hmm. is I don't give a fuck about passing Passing's great sometimes, but transness is not about passing. It's about just feeling comfortable in my skin. And it's a fluid arrangement with myself that varies on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I may be trans femme. I might be trans masculine. But what do those things really mean? They're more like uh, performances in society. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's gotten more, I mean, assets became more visible? I mean, I feel like I first started becoming aware of trans culture really about like five to 10 years ago. It started to get a lot of publicity. Do you think, I'm sure along with that has come a lot of negative stuff, you know, from the right or just ignorant shitbags. But do you think overall it's helped? Like are people more accepting or helpful or I think is it's that a really beautiful thing that we have visibility. I think that having us be a part of the conversation, even if it's not necessarily the right conversation, is a pretty special opportunity um i don't want to give thanks for bare minimum like for including us just because it's going to give people points or whatever like (laughs) that makes me pissed off and upsets me obviously because it's an extension of exploitation but you're my trans friend adam oh Oh my god i knew that happen (laughs) that's why i'm here yeah Um, well I, i guess i just feel like people like katie couric for example and like other people even katie couric i will give props to because for giving visibility to trans people like laverne cox but then also giving them a forum to come back and re explain to her how the first interview was really invasive. She asked some questions that were pretty fucked up. Like that was a person who I do believe was trying to kind of use transness for ratings, but was actually maybe trying, I mean, I'm not a Katie Quark fan, but <laughs> I will say that I, I it was kind of like beautiful to like watch her shut the fuck up and listen and give trans people an experience where they're allowed to explain from their own perspective and not just constantly being combated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel really thankful for the visibility, mm-hmm. but I still think we have like a long way to go. What about dating? Um, what is it like? And we've talked about since, I mean, you've, God, you've seen me like bummed about FOSTA all year. Mm-hmm. And you had said it had impacted how you were able to date in terms of. Yeah, so for, I don't know how it is for all trans people. Once again, we're all different. Some people might feel totally confident just going out and meeting people in public, quote unquote, the normal dating way. I don't feel as safe that way. I feel like a lot of trans people can relate to that. Being able to vet potential partners in a world where we work so much that most of us are doing like some form of Tinder or online dating anyway, being able to kind of like swipe who's attractive or interesting enough That is a kind of nice buffer, especially for trans people. But a lot of these apps don't necessarily give you the opportunity to specifically search for trans people or specifically tell people that you are trans. Tinder did add like a new thing where I can now put that I'm a trans man, Mm. um, which is beautiful. Still, a lot of people don't read my profile um, and then they'll find that out later and we have some weird discussions. But with the gay apps like Grindr and Scruff, Grinder and Scruff I've just had like super transphobic fetishizing experiences on. Scruff is nice because they allow you to put trans also. So that has helped. But Mm -hmm. I think specifically the biggest issue was with Craigslist coming down. That was like a great way to be able to kind of like as a trans person put all your shit out there. Like hi trans guy looking to go out for dinner. Maybe hook up with somebody this is my shit, this is what I'm looking for, please be respectful and know about this before we meet up. It was a way to like vet people Mm -hmm. in an explanatory way. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that that's gone, I mean, my dating life is almost non-existent, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. Like I do the Tinder stuff, but Mm -hmm. I literally like almost never match with anyone because it's just, these are all just like cisgender playgrounds and people have no exposure to trans people. And I noticed, I noticed this and you might, I don't know, 
Um, so I haven't been on my Tinder in a little bit, but I remember that I'm, I marked mine at the time. I don't recall seeing a trans, but maybe I also wasn't for me, but I remember doing a uh, woman searching women. And I noticed that a lot of trans people came up in women, whether or not they were trans mask or not. Right. A lot and of people like, default Ooh. to their cisgender, like, uh, or for example, trans women will put themselves as just women or trans men will put themselves as just men and what, explain later. What about the fact that women who date women are more likely to be queer in general? Sure. I mean, to be honest, I feel really sad because like a lot of these apps, I primarily was like dating women and queer women and lesbian identified women for like a long period of my life. But Those you are, like cis dudes, right? Sometimes. Sure. I like, yeah. I like everybody. But uh, <laughs> like as long as you're sexy and attractive and not a douche, you yeah. have a chance. But as That's far cool. as I'm concerned. But, um, you know, when it comes to, yeah, for me with dating, I want to meet like queer unicorn badass femme hottie feminist bitches like I want <laughs> chicks who are just like yeah I read books and I know shit and I'm in charge of my body and I have self-respect and I want I know what I want mm -hmm. you know like I want those ladies who aren't just kind of like I don't want to have to teach everyone how to have like bodily autonomy or like good sex I feel sex like lives. a lot of those types of people listen to our podcast. Well, hi. <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. Hey. Well, my point is I can't find them on dating apps because they yeah. generally reach out to us. <sighs> yes. Well, they, they generally will default to women seeking women because they don't want like weird cis dude messages or dick mm -hmm. pics, which mm -hmm. I can also completely relate to. But mm -hmm. there's like this there's a blind spot happening mm -hmm. where like I cannot be seen by these queer ladies that would maybe be interested in dating me mm -hmm. and I just don't know how to find them. Mm -hmm. How do you find ladies who are interested in kind of effeminate trans dudes? <laughs> like <laughs> I don't really know. So, so uh, that I know you're out there. I've dated a bunch of you. I know. Well, and that oh, was my next question before we take our first break. Um, are there any pitfalls to passing as a male? Uh man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a loaded question. I mean, like, I feel like there's way more privilege and benefits ascribed to you when you are passable as a man, especially I feel like the intersection of race must be spoken about because I think that experience is wholly different. Mm -hmm. Being perceived as like a black male or being perceived as a a white male is totally different. So me being perceived, I'm half Puerto Rican, super passably white and freckly. Thank like, you for mentioning that too, because that is relevant, because that's a part of your identity that yeah. often goes yeah, unnoticed. I'm, yeah, I'm biracial. I'm never identified as such. My mom is Puerto Rican, grew up in the Virgin Islands, and I am the one white family member, basically. I, <laughs> I took after my dad who has freckles and a white skin. Mm. But m my experience as male has mostly been oh my God, I have all of the keys to all the fucking doors I never had before. <laughs> and they just gave them to me on a ring because I grew a mustache. Wow. That's like, how I feel. How with... fucking special. Not to say that, sorry, not to say that a mustache is a male thing. Yeah, I know I, what you mean though. But I just want to explain that like, as soon as I became passably masculine, like, like male passing, not just mask of center, but like you are a man, you have a penis mm -hmm. is how people take me. Mm -hmm. They're just like, you can be manager now. You can get paid $25 an hour now. That's yes. how I feel when I wear a suit. I can't believe how differently people treat me like at the gas station. And you don't even it's have a fucking absurd. Yeah. It's weird. Well, it's how like some 1950s shit that's like ingrained in all of our minds from our grandparents and parents passed down to now. Must respect. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. You are, you said you get, you're uh, a receiver of a more like physical violence from other men though. Yeah. So. Which I is a weird one. I will say that the one thing that's made me very sad passing as male is of course being perceived as just like threatening or someone that women don't want to be around, can't confide in, can't talk to. That has really upset me on a personal level. It's something I have to work on just kind of making better relationships with people and getting them to trust me. But from an external perspective, that's made me sad. Mm -hmm. And then with other men, I feel like before, I was always had a loud mouth. I'm from the East Coast. I talk a lot of shit. And when people talk down to me, I always stand up for myself. You it's, get snappy. It, yeah, I do. I got a big old <laughs> mouth. But, you know, I haven't really had that many altercations before of like physical violence, just like screaming matches and whatever. 
but since transitioning i've totally been punched in the face like four times by really? dudes yeah like just punched right in my mouth and for, like for whatever reason yeah well one was telling a guy he couldn't eat outside a restaurant i worked at because he's eating a burrito and we serve crepes and it's two tables we have outside so my my boss asked me to ask him if he would move i was super polite because i'm also really really vigilant of the fact that i am yes i am male passing but i'm very small and mm-hmm. so i'm just like excuse me six foot three man like do you mind moving somewhere else you know i don't really mind he just got up punched me right in my fucking face wow and then like yeah a few other times did it he w- it was get with- it did he catch an assault charge no he got away yeah got away there were no cameras outside the job so I'm sorry there was, yeah. is there a burrito place near you <laughs> do you know where you got the burrito i'm already i'm like how no, could i find this fucking person i'm over, like i have a list of steps all right yeah, he cracked my front tooth it is what the fuck it really sucked so yeah he crack my tooth shit happens whatever that it was a learning experience to be honest with you like just stay the fuck away from big dudes and don't say shit to their face sometimes because they're gonna hit you i mean yeah you know i mean i just never had that experience before like i have talked shit to dudes three times the size of me before and they've wanted to hit me but they've held back not to say that men don't hit women because oh my god (laughs) in america but and everybody hits everyone but true you know my experience distinctly has been like i can talk a lot of shit Dudes will generally try to fight me and get pulled away, not hit me. And now it's like, they're going to kick my ass. Mm -hmm. And then if anyone misgenders me or if they find out that I'm trans, then there's that other layer of like the aggression growing because I have experienced many times in my life as a female looking person playing sports against guys, whatever. There's nothing that they hate more mm, than yeah. a toxic male hates nothing more than to be owned by a feminine person mm-hmm. or someone mm-hmm. perceived or to be matched by femme. or even. Yeah. So having a vagina would just be like a death sentence. And a lot of these already like super violent experiences that I've had. Can I lighten it real quick before we take a break yes. with something so silly I heard the other evening? Tell so, me. OK, so I was in the club. Three big dudes. They're wearing affliction shirts, like steroids <laughs> busting out of them. I know. So I'm just giving you like visual. Some rhinestones on the pocket of their embroidered. Well, there was a jeans, lot of like gender no role, homo. like um, conventional gender role <laughs> peacocking. Okay, was happening. Um, the woman was like tattoo Barbie, like me. But I, a lot of women who look like tattoo Barbies tend to do more like gender role shit you know so anyway i'm like still have like the orange skin and the she was very eyebrow yeah so they're ordering food so the guys are like three three steak bites let's get three orders of steak bites and i'm like oh god here we go what she it's is she gonna gender the food let's see i shit you not i shit you not she said oh i don't know let me just get something for girls like chicken strips and I didn't know chicken strips had a gender. <laughs> I have read that on the menu. It's oh, the, the chicken no, strips. Are, oh, are yeah, the women's I choice? I don't understand for that women, at all. The women's menu. You well, don't get strips. mustard or you're total dude. <laughs> Excuse Ketchup me, where's the food for women? Can you show me the food for women? Here, I thought you were going to say she ordered menu. like a salad with a fucking straw or something. <laughs> okay. I would like a napkin, please. <sighs> no, people gender everything if they can. That's one of my fave. It's sad, but it's one of my favorite memes online is... Never forget that cis people will always be happy to gender their boat in their car and consciously misgender you to show a sign of disrespect. I'm not going to lie. I've done that shit, too. I always name my car, even though I name my car Terry. Attention service and sex industry workers. Seeking Space Yoga is dedicated to providing a holistic option for after your shift with new 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. class times. Seeking Space is rooted in empathy and they've combined creative flows and experienced teachers to provide a safe, inviting space for any and all wishing to find peace on the mat. Need a little motivation? They are offering 10% off on all memberships and packages for those in the industry. Visit SeekingSpaceYoga.com or download the Seeking Space Yoga app for more information and a full list of class times. If you're looking to jazz up a jacket, bag, or just your fine self, our friends at Gimme Flare have everything you could possibly need. Gimme Flare is the largest online retailer of pins and patches that range from the cute and sweet to the snarky and slutty. They are sex positive, queer friendly, and aim to crush mental health stigma, all with fun flair from around the globe. Check out gimmeflare.com to browse items from over 250 plus artists. 
Strange Bedfellows is also brought to you by Black Bulb Podcast. If you've ever wondered about the deeper meaning behind some of today's art, why not hear from the artists themselves? Your hosts, Alex and Ben, collect influential artists of the West Coast to discover how they seek inspiration, how they handle mental health, and how to make a living as an artist in today's digital world. All discussed on Black Bulb Podcast. That's black like the color and bulb like a light bulb. Strange Bedfellows is sponsored in part by Comic Strip. This original Funhouse Lounge show is still the hottest ticket in town. Four of the best local and traveling comics take the stage and tell their jokes. And each time the strip master rings the bell, the comic must remove an article of clothing to continue their set. It's barely funny. Hosted by the talented, hot mess that is Chris Etrick. Comic Strip is every last Friday of every month at Funhouse Lounge, located in sexy Portland, Oregon. Visit purplepass.com slash comic strip for discounted pre-sale tickets. The show is 21 plus and follow them on Instagram at comic strip PDX. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. You can hear us hopefully on your favorite listening app, uh, strangebedfellowspdx.com. Uh, rate and review us. Give us feedback. Pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com. We have our friend Adam. Adam, do you want folks to follow you online? Sure, why not? So on Instagram, you are atwoodmade, A-T-W-O-O-D-M-A-D-E. You are a woodworker. Um, oh, those triangles in my home, if anybody follows me on Instagram or seen those triangles on my wall, you made those. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. And I am technically a mixed medium fabricator. I do welding, woodworking, and upholstery. That's Ooh. cool. Do you make like sex furniture? <laughs> I could. He could. That's cool. <laughs> they could. He could. <laughs> <laughs> he and they could. He and they could. So you just, where did you hear that statistic, Adam? And what's that statistic again? I should have I should have looked a little bit closer. It was just a bus ride where I'm scrolling through Facebook and all my like super woke, <laughs> queer, well-read friends are posting all these articles about semi-fucked up shit. That's also good stuff we need to know about. I don't recall what the article was called or what even news. Well, thank you for your transparency. I, it might have been Portland. Mer I don't know what the fuck it was. I shouldn't even quote anything. But it's saying it Do basically it. said three out of five people will purposefully misgender a trans person to show blatant disrespect. Like given the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, like being told this is my pronouns. This is who I am. It's I assume we're talking about non-passing trans people. Mm -hmm. So it's something where it would come up in conversation this is how I identify and this is what I'd like to be known as. And then people will purposefully in conversation after that point misgender them to show disrespect and a lack of solidarity, basically. I guess how I feel is my rule is like if you smell a twinge of queerness on someone, maybe just hold back on calling them he, she, ma'am, sir, until they're like they they say otherwise or how easy is it to just use they as gender That's neutral? What I've really tried to train myself <clears throat> into doing that. Yeah, because I don't, I mean, I have to, people are like, you just ask, but I'm like, I don't want to fucking ask. What, what are you? I'm mm -hmm. like, I'll just use it can they be until I hear your friend to at like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to add, like, I'll just let them do. Do you have any preferred pronouns? Yeah. Um, well, even though most trans people, I feel like are used to being questioned that way, it doesn't mean that we're comfortable with it mm -hmm. or that like at our job while we're on shift, we want to be questioned. Yeah, no, I was serving yeah, no. a family at a restaurant where I was a server. And the, this is like an example of a mom trying to be super woke, but how it came across so wrong. Like she's at a table with her and her like two children who are like maybe 10 and eight. And she's just like, so you are transgender. <gasps> oh no. You're a transgender man, oh. aren't you? And so what do you like to be called and what is your name? Oh my goodness. And it was like, bitch, I just want to get you some eggs. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> do you need me to show you a picture of my vagina and show your kids? Like, holy <laughs> shit, woman, it's 8 a.m. And also, Whenever you out any trans person, no matter how fucking obvious you think it is that they're trans, there's someone in that room that doesn't recognize trans people exist, I mean, who did not see them as trans. And now that you have told everyone that they're trans, you have just introduced a whole new level of violence that was kind of always there. 
but now it's something that can become like a real threat yeah you could get jumped after work you could get not missed out on tips you know, like and you know there's all sorts of negative scenarios that could it terrifies happen. me yeah. also too i think a lot of people and this especially goes for like something like fucking douche always like douchebag right-leaning America people are always like don't realize that there's their they them and it it's not okay to call someone an it well it's fun they're that not mean an, you're I'm not it? an inanimate like, object an i'm a person mm-hmm. yeah let's do some listener questions let's um, do it. oh wait sorry can i say one thing yeah, yeah. i also want to say that a lot of people like to like good meaning cis people love to this i hear this all the time so i'm just gonna clear this right up people are like oh i have a problem with they because it's not proper english oh my god like it just it doesn't sit right for me well listen guess what as well read as you think you are with your major in english from a liberal arts college you clearly have not read enough Shakespeare because they, as a singular pronoun, has existed since before Shakespearean <laughs> time. And then also, if you're talking, for example, about like someone's cousin and you're going to buy them a gift because you're going to a party you were invited to and you don't know the gender of that person, you're going to ask, well, what kind of things do they like? Mm-hmm. What color is their favorite? There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. So that's just one example of how we already do this all the time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's such also the layer of how fucking elitist that argument is yeah. too. I used you don't to really be care really about trans picky. people if you're trying to say that language well, is the you, Well, I used to be really picky about grammar until somebody, I would correct people until somebody pointed out, hey, not everyone's had also had the money and benefit of a we college f- education. So we don't fund education be, in America. Yeah, so, so. you can't even, shouldn't <laughs> even be pointing that out. Yeah. Any too. I will so make fun of people's of spelling up. when I'm like, sure. "Come on, you have basic spell check at this point." If you're trying to solicit me for sex, or no, your homonyms. at me. Um, <laughs> can I add to that? I I uh, have noticed because um, I've started doing this. Uh, I will go out of my way to refer to things as they them like objects, like something that would be gender specific. I guess I'm not really giving good example, um, but I'll go out of my way to just refer to things as they and them because I'm trying to test my capability for how much you can do that and you can do it quite a bit. I think that's great. It's a great exercise. Thank you. And my daughter mimicking it. So I was going to say, and for kids, yeah. that's like a great way to show. From, oh, yeah. It's like a relearning. She does it. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is my dinosaur. They like to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Tight. Okay. Was it Sweden? That wasn't there that has, um, is trying to change it. So, you know, in a lot of like Euro language, there's, even inanimate objects have like, like in German, there was like der, die, and das. And like, yeah, so in and it's Spanish just kind of and romantic ar- languages, it's yeah. always gender. And it's like an, such mm-hmm. an arbitrary kind of assignment. It's hard. You have to memorize it. But I think it was Sweden was trying to get rid of it. There was like some like Scandinavian country oh. that was trying to just that was actually it all to um i have to look into that that sounds awesome i only know about it in spanish language Sweden, i'm sure because they you know get it right on everything i'm gonna look at <laughs> and so being half puerto rican part of my identity has always been like latino you know latina i guess at some point but then finding out about the term latinx mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. x is replacing the a or the o uh, oh, that's cool. In order to be general neutral, oh my god, total life and game changer. I've heard, I've seen that around, but I wasn't exactly mm-hmm. sure what mm-hmm. I don't know, like what it meant. Mm-hmm. I send, suspected it meant I'll that. I'll send you guys but, a video cool. of a little girl who's talking about it, where she's she's like five and stood up to her teacher, who is telling them that uh, that pronoun didn't exist. And she was like, no, there's transgender people that exist. This this is what they prefer. And the teacher was like, no. And she just, oh, my God, at five. Little fucking genius. It was beautiful. Folks act like things like ambiguous genitals or extra chromosome, like, don't exist in history and never have also, like... There's people that have always been born that either look different or feel different or display different. There's scientific documentation that says that there have been over 16 naturally recurring biological gender uh, phenotypes that have been like exemplified throughout history, reoccurring and like written about 16. And we talk about maybe five, like intersex, trans male, trans women, cisgender male, cisgender man. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more that we don't know about. Have to trace the money. Trace the money. Let's do some listener questions. Well, it's just they'll get more visibility when like corporations figure out how to target shit. I think gender is because of marketing, literally. 
Yeah, yeah gender yeah, is because of marketing. Right it really well, is. How can you sell shit and to religion. men and to women right. if you don't make them be ashamed of their bodies and also give them the quintessential mate that they're supposed to impress based on all this gender marketing bullshit? Mm. How do I sell you deodorant? How, how do, do I, I sell, sell you, you diamond rings? Mm-hmm. How do I sell you all this shit yeah. without gender? And this is how you can identify pills and peacocking gender roles in people when you look at the shit they buy and how they dress themselves sometimes. Mm. Sometimes. Uh so listener questions my daughter or how i've always referred to her told me last week that she wants to be a boy she's nine and has always had interests away from quote typical girl stuff she never liked barbies uh, or makeup yet so this isn't a surprise for us but i'm not sure how to best support her them him at this time she hasn't started puberty yet so i don't know what my role is in this if any yeah just let them be whatever then yeah yeah i mean i guess that i feel like uh i was not a trans person who came out when i was a kid even though i still had an understanding in a way i didn't have language for it um so that experience is outside of my own but from like the research that I've done, I do a lot of reading about trans community, about trans kids, trans rights, transitioning early. Um, I just feel like maybe the most important thing for parents to do is to get involved in some sort of group that is for trans parents so that mm. they can hear from other people who have had this experience already, people who have gone through what you're going through, um, maybe just accepting that your kid is on a gender fluid spectrum without trying to uh, assign or associate a gender role with whatever their experiences um, could be helpful. I feel that not all trans kids want to physically transition. Some do. I think that that decision is between you, your child, and your doctor. Are you talking about like any kind of surgical or hormones? Yeah, or stuff? hormones. I mean, like scientifically, it has been proven that like it is life saving to give trans kids hormones if they want them when they're young. And so mm-hmm. I really feel like on an individual level, this needs to be discussed with a doctor, mm-hmm. someone who is in the trans like sphere of knowledge, not a doctor from the cis world who has never dealt with trans patients. So someone who's trans specific, someone with the intersection of like childhood trans related stuff uh, and then getting involved in a group for either in Portland we have a great resource called the Q Center Um, there's other if you go online and you just do like a random search LGBTQ outreach groups I'm sure that something will come up locally or regionally where yeah, you, if you can have meet a university near you they I think they usually have yeah. most universities have like large yeah like my mom for example groups. when I came out as trans she joined a group in New Jersey for like and I live in Oregon. So mm-hmm. she's 3,000 miles away from me, but she wanted to be around other parents who had trans kids so that she could kind of develop a language outside of always having to question and talk to me because it can be kind of traumatic, you know, to like always be asking questions to your kid who's also just trying to piece things together. You also, when it's your parents, God, you probably don't want to like talk about your genitalia in God, depth mom, to your yeah. parents, you know? My mom like, and I are really close, but for me it was more just like, God, I don't want to have to fuck. I'm trying to figure it out on my own. Like, I don't want to have to be your Google, too. So her coming to me with her own language and understanding, showing that she had obviously invested her own time and consideration and research into this really just showed me how much she loved me, Mm -hmm. made me feel more comfortable, and also kind of, I think, made her chill out a little bit more because I think the scariest thing about being... You know, is the unknown, is fear, is being involved in something that you have no experience in. And so just like anything, get involved, get get your face, see some people in person, humanize people, Mm -hmm. and then see your son or your daughter in those people and recognize they may or may not become that person. But if they do, or someone like that person, you'll be prepared. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, oof. We, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think like also at that age, like, yeah, just don't make it. Kids don't can make change. Them pick. The, yeah. Let them do it because also yeah. too, they might change try it on for a while and, and change their mind, and it probably gets harder for them to come to you about it if you if you're like, well, I thought you said you were a boy, and now you're going to be a girl again. Well, and gender look, fluidity you know, again. Like, That's a yeah. great statement. So, I think yeah, maybe maybe some of my best advice would be just like mediating your expectations. 
having expectations for anyone is uncomfortable. But when it comes to once again, I want to repeat that, like, we are being fed a very funneled version of what it is to be trans when it comes to the media. And the media spotlight is, of course, highlighting the most attractive, the most well off, the most passing trans people. Mm -hmm. It is not showcasing what 98% of trans people look like and experience. And what most of us are going through is not going to be the same thing as someone who is a model. You know, like, Mm -hmm. we are going through our own gender dysphoria, body dysphoria, our own experience with or without the dysphoria, some people may feel completely comfortable in it. I do not. How do you <laughs> it's feel a learning about, experience, can but we, can we mention, getting closer. Can we mention Cox? How do you feel about Cox? Uh, I love them in many ways. I love them in many ways too. Are we, sorry, you, are we talking about Cox like dicks or Laverne no, well, Cox? Oh, no, like, no, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. like, love all yeah, the Cox. Yeah, I love all. No, well, the dick, the dick thing comes up because again, for some people, it's like, that's a sticking point in terms of like dating people be like, oh, I expected you to have a dick. Right. Oh, get away from those people who expect you to have anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, uh, you can, you should talk about those things before you're intimate with someone. If you, if you, if my eyes are closed and you'd shove a warm dildo in me. I really can't tell the difference. There's a lot of things dildos can do that dicks can't do, which is like be hard whenever you want them to be. That is true. And be interchangeable to any (laughs) shape, size, and variety that you want, which is fun. That's one of my fave things is people are like, you don't have a dick. And I'm like, you're right. I have 30. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when you met me for dinner and... Oh, my God. Running across a very major... (laughs) Okay, I'll share A very major road. Um... Real quick. Uh, thanks, Al. Uh, I don't care. At least I'm very open and I'm a funny person. You so are. whatever. Uh, I had my packy on, which is like a flaccid dick that I wear sometimes just for like passability. And also because I wear some tight fucking pants and sometimes I don't give a shit if there's a bulge. Sometimes I want to have a bulge. It really just Fair depends. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there's something good or bad about either. It's really just a personal feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to put my dick on. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. And I actually lost it for about a month. It was like in a drawer and I couldn't find it. Is it Trans specially made problems. just for a just uh, for this purpose yeah, or does it have yeah. it's just called a soft packer it's and like I mean, why would you put breasts like stuff your bra you know it's like i want to feel like i have tits some tits Fair enough. yeah uh, because gender is so much about presentation and performance and once fun. again it is fun. fun and if you're not having fun with it well then honey i'm the sorry i felt when you. i put that strap on between my legs oh my god like what a, new, a good life a new kind of power That's i was like fabulous there's another me in here anyway it's a fabulous life so anyway the uh the queerer the better as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. and this so i had yeah. this soft so like, packer I like on wearing a suit Hey, suits are the shit. Um, So I had this soft packer on and I was, I finally found it after a month of it being hidden in a drawer. Was it dusty? No, (laughs) it was under some, it was under like extra linens. So I was, it was oh. like, it smelled like dry or fresh. I was mm. like, okay, How little nice. dick. Hi, thanks for waiting. <laughs> so I picked it up, put it on, went to go meet you. I, I really don't know what happened. Like it was not in my pants. It was outside my pants. You were jogging across. I fell brand. asleep in between meeting you and putting it on. So I feel like maybe I might have taken it out of my pants because it's a little tight and feels uncomfortable. So I just like, whatever, I'm home alone. Who gives a fuck? I just like let this dick sit outside my pants while I took a nap. Then I like got into a car, came to meet you. And I was still a little like uh, sandy eyed and like got out of the car and ran across fucking MLK and Ash Street, which is just like a very busy intersection. Like red light, cars, five oh, cars in middle each of the lane. Day, middle of the day. Oh yeah. So I run across and I get to this restaurant and I look down because I'm just an awkward guy and I'm always looking down to make sure that like my fly is not down. Well, guess what? The fly wasn't down. The dick was just out. Dick was just <laughs> out of my pants flopped up and down oh, as I ran man. whatever At I, least I was in Portland so I people was probably thought it was on purpose or something <laughs> I was in like, shock when I saw it immediately put it in my pants was like oh my fucking god that did not just happen I laughed to myself realized all those people I've driven off by now I don't know who they are I hope <laughs> 
um, and we're fine. And, and then I fine. and then I went into the restaurant, and Elle's like, "How are you?" I was like, "Oh, good. Just ran with my dick out of my pants across the street to see you." Um, your dick no that deal. smelled like snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, that's a good clean. That's a good story. Oh God, we're gonna put that. Let's put that <laughs> in the bonus content. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So uh, our previous question leads, um, or the the dick talk also leads into this next question, which like really makes me sad. And again, there's this great book that I mentioned, episode 39, called Fucking Trans Women, a zine about the sex lives of trans women. This is for trans women. I want to know about a um, book for trans men. If one exists, that would be cool. Anyway, uh, Jen, would you like to read this question? Okay. I've recently started hormones, and my doctor told me that it might lead to more irritation downstairs. I don't like calling it a vagina. Fair enough. And I really hate my whole bottom half and wish I could just cut it off. Please throw me any suggestions to get out of this tunnel of self-loathing because I wish I could go to sleep and start over in the body I want. That sounds like severe depression. I just wish I could give you a hug. Yeah. I mean, I can completely empathize with that feeling. I feel like regardless of whatever your trans experience is, like uh, the world tells us we shouldn't exist and that something's wrong with us. So like to not internalize that on some level is almost impossible. And there have definitely been times in my transition and in my life where I've been like, this body is fucked up. I want something different. I look at pictures of what I could be, even the trans people who are seen as very attractive. And I'm like, I need to get muscles and look like this. And yeah, I totally get it. I I feel dysphoria with my, it wasn't ever for me, my bottom half. It was always my belly and my upper half for me and my breasts specifically. But um, I can completely relate to that. I think that it's okay to feel how you feel about your body, but I think that the goal for all of us should be trying to get towards a point of acceptance and love and just being really thankful that you have a body that functions um, and finding someone to help you explore that and love yourself again because it may sound cliche and like bullshit because you don't know you don't know me, but like the only thing that's going to save us from ourselves is finding a way to value ourselves without anybody else telling us what our value is. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I think that if you don't want to call it a vagina, you don't have to. You mm-hmm. don't have to refer to your body in any way that anyone tells you to. You don't have to touch it and engage with it in any way that anyone else tells you to. You just need to do what makes you feel comfortable and what makes you feel happy. Um, you can get a therapist or a sex therapist to kind of help you talk through some of those things and explore them, some things, uh, verbally before you do it physically, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as like dryness or anything happening down there, I would highly recommend talking to your hormone specialist, uh, or a doctor about getting acidophilus pills or something to help with maintaining pH down there. Mm -hmm. Acidophilus pills are sold generally at, uh, any health food store and you can just get them over the counter Mm -hmm. um, and you take them uh, either orally and they do have uh, vaginal ones you can take also if that's something that doesn't cause too much dysphoria. Mm, With a little pink box that says women's health. Yeah, so fun. Um, While (laughs) that, that, despite how shitty that might make you feel, actually putting them in directly to the source will help you more immediately and it will like maintain the ph longer Mm -hmm. this is why i go grocery store shopping i look up at the sign it's like women's health women's wellness and i'm like you know i know it would be like a cold day in heck or whatever that it would say vaginal health up there but i wish it would just say vaginal health right i mean that's how i feel about the women's health center i still have to go for like exams and i have to go to the women's health center and sit there and have the doctor call adam out and then in front of a whole room of people and their husbands go back and then sometimes the doctors are like why are you here oh Oh, like they haven't even read the fucking chart you know so Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Um, I never even fucking thought about that. Right? Isn't it wild? Isn't it wild? So it's really interesting when women are like, oh, my God, women's issues are like the most important issues. I'm like, well, it all impacts each other. So let's talk about. Women's issues are super important, but it's not a. But so are men's issues. This is not the oppression Olympics. (laughs) No, it's not. Like, it's not mutually (laughs) exclusive. Everybody's bodies deserve attention and to feel like safe and seen in a medical setting mm-hmm. so God, i love all of that sucks. yeah I just, if i Jesus. could say one more thing for that, that person um the question uh i would say 
it's really important also to surround yourself with people who are going through stuff that's similar to you. That's why my suggestion with the parent of a potentially trans kid was to seek out people going through something similar. And this will be my advice to you also, which is just like try to find other trans people either in your area at a in a queer setting. They have once again, we're really privileged in Portland to have the Q Center where we have trans guy, trans femme specific meetings where we can sit and just discuss trans issues and even just kind of like bitch about our common experiences so we can hear something similar. It's super, super therapeutic and I wouldn't take that very lightly. And if you don't have anything super local, go online, go on Facebook. There's a great group that's called Transgender uh, Outreach Network and it's just thousands and thousands of trans people from all over the country sharing all different parts of their transition and their lives mm -hmm. see i don't even have to do my job you you did all, it all for me you you Got knew you. yeah you know more than that it's so funny it's a lot of times i'll see um a friend of mine who is also trans um had mentioned to me she said it's funny by the time that the straights see these articles about like queer issues like we've probably seen them like two weeks prior you know, like yeah. the websites, like what is it like Pink News is one of them that has like gay relevant, queer relevant news. And I'll see it on Facebook posted like way after like a month or so after. And it's because like the communities aren't as connected. Right. Hey, friends, do you get sore muscles or stiff joints like us? How's your skin? Is it dry, itchy, irritated, bruised or sunburned? If so, it sounds like you need some nabom in your pocket. Nabalm, that's N-A-E-B-A-L-M, is an all-natural skin and body balm handmade right here in Portland. Nabalm products use a base of organic olive oil and beeswax followed by an infusion of therapeutic essential oils, each of which provides all sorts of benefit. Oh yes, and they smell amazing. To learn more, check out nabalm.com or search Nabalm on Facebook or Instagram. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. You guys mentioned Sweden earlier. Switzerland. Did you, did you find the thingy that I was talking about? Noel, this oh. was different. This was in October of last year, and I would love to see where this is at. Switzerland was voting to make homophobia and transphobia illegal and punishable by up to three years in prison. Oh, yeah, I did read about that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm game. Go. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see any? I mean, are there any potential downsides to this? I can't think. My free speech. Oh, free speech. The left's coming for my free speech. They're going to take our guns next. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I mean, I would just be concerned with what is the um, I wanna know burden about of the proof. Yeah, I want to know what the burden of proof is to um, convict someone of transphobia. Mm -hmm. For I sure. Mean, is it like an attack? Is it the sort of thing that like, so you know how like hate crime laws, it's like you have an assault, but then if you're assaulting someone, you know, using like particular language, it like bumps bias it up. crimes. So I wonder if it's something like that. So or can I explain that really quick? Because yeah. that's really important. So Portland, I sit in on these uh, monthly meetings with the cops and the queer community and bias crime reporting. So in the last last couple of years, because of the election, all these issues being highlighted, the reporting of bias crimes skyrocketed. Yep. So. But what the case is, is legally defined. If you already have a conflict happening, say someone's fighting over a parking spot and they're fighting over the parking spot and say at one point someone calls someone the N word and the other person's black. OK, the crime did not begin because of a bias. A bias was indicated throughout, however, like at so some point. Count. So it doesn't count. <laughs> oh, fun oh times. it has to be originate because yes. you were like, hey, and so I saw that part, black like, man, you're not allowed to. If it was like yeah, maybe right. the first thing that, you know. Right. So same thing with trans issues. They're like, well, maybe they called you a tranny, you know, at some point or when they were beating you said that or whatever, but it didn't start as a bias crime. So it's been... <laughs> It's been confusing for people. Um, so that's why I'm like... really lucky I haven't had to investigate <laughs> any of those. Yeah. There was a um, trans woman who was killed some months ago in Portland. 
and they were investigating whether or not she was killed because she was trans and oh um what's it the lady that got shot downtown yeah yes. she wasn't okay. but like as far i read all about it like she wasn't killed because she was trans she just was a trans woman that ended up in a conflict with someone who was right. mentally ill so that was her. a right that was a good reason I mean, to be like that's not a bias crime. right no i still think though that it's really really important to highlight that she was trans in order to show how frequently trans people are murdered in comparison to others uh tht.org.uk Sex as a Trans Man, a guide to safer sex for trans men, how to manage risks and maintain good sexual health. So the Terence Higgins Trust, I don't know what that is, but it's a UK website. Anyway, I thought there was some just like basic good information here. Um, use a barrier if you've had lower surgery or not. The basic information about safer sex for trans men is the same. Use a barrier such as a condom or a femidom, which is the ones that go inside, which I've never used, but I heard they don't work that great. Along with water based. I don't even fucking know about that. Yeah, those are the quote, female condoms, is what they're always called. It's like an internal thing. It's like a sleeve you put up your pussy. Dude, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) I mean, like, safe sex for the win and shit for sure, but like, I'd rather just scissor. I'm good on that. Yeah, just, ooh, oh my God. So I went to a sex club the other day, Adam. Sorry, I won't talk about it too much, Jen, but um, we were. (sighs) Yes, she will. I know. Well, we're like, oh, do they have dental dams in here? That's so cool. I've never used one. We both have pussies. And so I, she said, I think you can um, cut open a condom. That's what my sister told me when I first went to college. That shit is hard. Dude, cut the top off, cut the bottom off, and then it rolls out into just like a long rectangle. But like, that's not what a vagina shaped like. So no. Well, and, and also, so I cut the top off and it's cool. The ring makes a great little cock ring. But right. then uh, wow. we're like trying to bite it with our teeth to like tear it down. And I'm like, this is not working. <laughs> but you can put your put your hand in a condom. You can put your whole hand in a condom. There you go. There you go. Uh, anyway, so I thought that was a great, great resource. Has but anyone ever, have any of you ever used a dental dam? No. No, I, I feel like either. it's a, okay. I feel like that's a contraceptive that was made by straight men. <laughs> like... <laughs> For lesbian use that never will get used, never has been used. I mean, I get the idea. I totally understand well, trying to protect, but licking that instead of a vagina just sounds like something sucks I'm never for everybody. Do. I know. And it's one of those things like and I wish that there was a way to offer more protection during I would oral use. sex. Well like what about blowjobs? Does anyone ever put a condom on before they suck a dick? I don't Not know like anyone who does that. Not unless I was getting paid. Word. Like I don't know yeah. anyone who does that. And so. as a double standard, I didn't use a barrier. I let my client lick my pussy. Which was risky for him in theory. He could have got like a throat infection if I had like an active infection, you know, I mean, or anything. Technically, he could have given you herpes if he had something from his mouth. Exactly. On you. Right. And that's why I like look at someone's mouth in the daylight and don't have sex when I'm blackout with strangers. But I will say, if I was going to like scissor with, say, a girl that I didn't know in the club last night, I would have used a dental dam. But because I already had my friend's sexual history and she had mine, we were like, nah, man, we're good. (laughs) Raw dog in it. (laughs) There you go. I have so little sex these Well, actually, no. Now, when I'm with my partner, I have like tons of sex. He lives lives far away. He lives overseas. Yeah. Until next month. But before that, I went on. Before that, I went, I was on such a long celibacy streak before, you know, just for such a long time that I'm like, God, all the poor issues kids these days have i just like missed out on a lot of that shit because i just wasn't getting any (laughs) yeah i don't don't know my sexual history was like super risky and ridiculous and mine will go be a lot and then like five years of nothing and then a ton and then like another wasteland of no action and then a ton and then nothing well i'm just a big old slut yeah you are oh my gosh thanks al you're welcome jealous my next lifetime yeah right not anymore though i'm kind of grandpa status at the moment (laughs) you're doing your self-care um so is there anything as we wrap up this episode is there anything that cis folks can do to be pals and not be that woman in the restaurant or whatever using you as a learning experience whatever the fuck yeah you can fucking google before you talk to us google google your own shit before you talk to us understand that not all trans people regardless of how similar we may appear to you as each other we are all different some of us want to be asked questions some of us don't i think it's always good to like 
be respectful and err on the side of like asking permission before you go into a full onslaught of questions to someone, especially someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Pay us for our art and our performance. Give us jobs at companies that you work at or manage because we really, really could use some employment that's not inherently transphobic or like not a safe place. So provide us with that. Provide us with homes. Uh, trans people are on the fringe everywhere. Ooh, what they about really need help? What so. about if you are selling or listing anything and you feel that you're safe, then you can be like trans friendly. Yeah, I mean housing. Gosh. I mean, like let people know. I think that that would be great. But I think also take it upon yourself to do all the research and don't use trans people as uh, like a way for you to learn how to be a better person or how to gain exposure for trans people in general through like one specific trans person you know we're tired we're underpaid we're underhoused we're underfed <laughs> and don't post about face don't post about it on facebook and be like i helped my trans friend today because then you're a bad person oh, no, and you didn't learn anything that's fucking embarrassing well it's too. like no consolation prizes for, yeah. for bare minimum well what was it for um black motto. history month there was like what you can do to help women of color and one of them was like donate to a black woman's don't post self-care about fund it. and don't post about tell it. no one yeah tell no one uh-huh. i was like haha uh-huh. so sad that shit needs to be written but for real though <laughs> like help people and just know you're a good person instead of pretending you are <laughs> exactly uh thank you for listening everyone thank you adam so much uh head over to patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows you can't google us because they hide us because we're adult because apparently we're bad we live in a like very perverse yet somehow really really prudish uh society new puritanism mm-hmm. <laughs> futures non-binary until next Woo-hoo. time thanks everyone thank you For more Strange Bedfellows, check us out on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows and become a supporter for access to behind the scenes material and extra content. My name is Elle Stanger and you can find me at stripperwriter.com and on Instagram at stripperwriter. And my name is Jen. You can reach me on strangebedfellowspdx.com. 